This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good evening, Bucknutters. Uh, Welcome to What We Learned Live. Just as we all expected, a defensive struggle, right? Um, What a great win for the Buckeyes, though. Buckeyes knock off the Fighting Irish 21-10. to I am Dave Biddle. Welcome to What We Learned Live. Really the first real one. We did one in spring. That was really our, uh, you know, um, our rough draft, so to speak. So uh, welcome to our first real one. And what a uh, real one it was. Buckeyes trailed at halftime, 10-7, uh, to 7, and then they completely dominated the second half. I mean, they gave up that big 50-yard play on the first play of the game. After that, everybody's and right after that, everybody's probably thinking, oh, same old defense, same old defense. After that, Ohio State's defense dominated, absolutely dominated, especially in the second half. Notre Dame couldn't do anything in the second half, 21 to 10. So if you took Ohio State to cover, you did not do well on that. Um, if you took the over, you didn't do well on that. But if you're a Buckeye fan and uh, you're not happy with this win, I, I got to tell you, I, I am here to change your mind. You got to be happy with this win. What a great win it was. Um not what we expected at all, um, but we'll we'll see what happens. Um, yeah, it is a great day to be a Buckeye. I tell you what, I'm, I'm flying solo here for a while. We're going to have Bill Curlick on the show f- uh, a little bit later to talk recruiting. We're going to have Steve Hellwagon and Patrick Murphy on. I'm going to throw the glasses on so I can see exactly what you guys are saying here. Um, yeah, I, I like it. We're going to start right at the top here. Okay, okay, exactly. Mike Hall was the star of the game for the Buckeyes. He absolutely was. Mike Hall um you know and Mayan Williams told you guys what I talk about Mayan Williams is going to get double digit touchdowns this year look at him um now that looks like an easy bet that looked like a long shot when I told you guys about that on Friday um so yeah so we'll see what happens um the defense looks fantastic um the silver bullets look like they're back they look like they're back the silver bullets look like they're absolutely back so we'll see what happens I'm watching the postgame stuff right now um uh, I'm just fired up. What a what a great win for the defense um, and, and for the team in general. Um, yeah, everybody's talking about the defense. I love it. I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, Jim Knowles did a great job. They had that first – even that first play, to me, was a little bit lucky. You know, I mean, give him credit. You know, he got rid of it, and, you know, and then, you know, Styles broke a tackle. We don't see Josh Proctor after that at all, I don't think, you know, except on special teams. My goodness, maybe – you know, a little bit, but Lathan Ransom stepped up. Mike Hall um, was absolutely fantastic. Um, you know, Mayan Williams, Mekeg Buka. I mean, we could go on and on. I love it. Here, we're going to get to some stuff here. Um, yeah, they did. I, I, I agree with this right here from Benjamin. They did. They had a few lucky big plays early. They really did. Not just that first play where JTT almost got the sack and got that you know, whatever they, they call it. They also gave him like a late hit. They thank goodness it wasn't targeting, but um, they gave JTT the, the penalty on top of that. So it was basically what, like a 70 yard play for Notre Dame credit to the defense to only give him up a, a field goal on that. Um, and then that other one, that other, you know, 30 yard pass they had, or the guy juggled it, give him credit for making the play. But 
I got that exact same feeling that even in the first half when Notre Dame was moving the ball, it was like lucky plays. And Ohio State just shut them down in the second half. I love that. I love that. That's the sign of a great defensive coordinator. Mark D'Antonio used to do that. Jeff Halfley used to do that. You might get us in the first half, then we're going to adjust and we're going to shut you down. Um, absolutely love it. So um, Tommy Eichenberg's another one. Tommy Eichenberg. I'm sure some of you guys were talking about it. There's so many like uh, questions flying in here. I wish I <laughs> I need a producer to, to like help me out with like all the questions and the uh, um, <laughs> some of the comments here. But yeah, Tommy Eichenberg, Xavier Johnson. If you've been listening to our podcast, we've been talking a lot. Or if you're on Bucknuts.com, Xavier Johnson, all he does is make plays. Uh, I hate that Jackson Smith and Jigba is is injured. Let's hope it's not serious. Now, I think if it was really serious, he would not have been out there on the sidelines. So, so that's good news. I mean, I guess that's kind of good news that if it was like really, if it was terrible, like I don't think he would have been like out there um, on the sidelines just standing there. He would have been. You know, in the locker room somewhere. So we'll see about that. But uh, loving what I saw out of this defense. Yeah. Um, so uh, singing to Carmen, Ohio. Love it. Love it. Love it. I'm going to, I, there are so many comments that I'm going to, I'm like skipping through so many of them and um, so many of the questions. So yeah, I'm very, very, very encouraged by the defense. I'm encouraged by CJ Stroud. Yeah. He missed some balls, but um he was without Jackson Smith and Jigma for most of the game, and he fits some balls into tight windows. And let's give Notre Dame some credit. Let's give Notre Dame some credit, especially defensively. They got after it. They got after it. Early on, I was thinking, I'm not big on this offensive line for Ohio State. Then Ohio State's offensive line ended up getting the better of, of that battle. They really turned the tables there. Um, so, yes, yeah, so what did I think about the D-line overall? Well, let's get into that. I really liked what I saw – out of uh, JT Tuimolo out early, I like what I saw out of Jack Sawyer overall. I think he needs to be even a bigger part. I love what I saw out of Jack Sawyer. Tyleek Williams uh, surprised me that he wasn't out there um, a little bit more. But I tell you what, Mike Hall was the star of this game. He absolutely was. I know I'm not breaking news to anybody who saw this football game. I mean, they're showing the replays right now. Um, they're showing the Xavier Johnson touchdown right now. But, um, you know, Mike Hall, I, I love that. I think, I mean, I joked about it on Twitter um that Aaron Donald had a really good game for Ohio State tonight you know uh I mean Mike Hall Mike Hall not Aaron Donald Mike Hall I mean he kind of looks like that I'm not saying he's going to be Aaron Donald who's obviously a pro going to be a pro football hall of famer but that undersized let's go Geno Atkins is that better because Geno you know looked like he might have been a hall of famer there for a while but uh you know but Mike Hall what a great game he had Tommy Eichenberg and Jim Knowles, I like that Jim Knowles is in the box, too. I love everything that Jim Knowles is doing with his defense, disguising coverages. He's usually on the field. I wonder if Brian Day talked him into being in the box. Um, not sure about that. Um, yeah, can we change Mayan Williams' nickname to Rock? I love it. I love it. We can change his nickname to definitely going to get um, definitely going to get double-digit touchdowns, right? So, uh, yeah, exactly right. Um well, I tell you what, where was some, somebody asked, um, man, they're, so they're just flying in here. David, let me get to you in here. Oh, this is another one from David. Um, I mean, where was Proctor after he gave up that first big play? I give credit. If it was Noel saying, okay, you're going to do that type of like patty cake nonsense. We're just going to get Lathan Ransom in there, which is, I think, what happened. Good on Knowles. And I think that's what happened. He's like, okay, you, you want to do that? We'll get Lathan Ransom in there. And uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see what happens here. Um let us know how it goes if Michigan plays a ranked team before you come to the shoe. I'm sure you're talking to 
responding to a Michigan fan in our chat. Okay. Again, this is why I need like a, a producer to also, um, you know, mute the Michigan fans here. Okay, here we go. D bids. Do we have another year of Hall, JT and Sawyer to enjoy? Yeah. Yeah. They, they yeah, of course they're just uh, second year guys. And Tyleek Williams, how about that defensive line class last year? The three, um, or the two five stars, obviously, with JTT and Sawyer. And then Mike Hall was a high four star. Tyleek Williams originally was kind of a three star, and then he ended up being like a four star. What a great D line class. Um, love it. And I really thought Tyleek Williams would be like kind of the breakout D tackle. And I was saying all offseason, I liked Mike Hall. I'd be lying to you guys if I thought if I told you Mike Hall was going to be the breakout guy on this D line. Like, love it. How quick is he? They're even lining lining him up as like a, a D end at times, like a five tech. He's a three tech. You know, naturally that's where he's going to play. Teron Vincent started at the, at kind of that one tech. You know, Jerron Cage is out there a lot at the one tech. Tyleek Williams was out there, but like, man, Mike Hall was the guy. And, and Tommy Eichenberg can't talk about him enough as well. Love this all exactly. It was old school Buckeye football. And before I forget, I want to let you guys know, it was a huge recruiting weekend. We're going to hear from Bill Curlick here in about whenever he can jump on. You know, Bill's I talking to recruits right now in about 10 minutes or so. Could be five minutes, could be 15 minutes. We're going to hear from Bill Curlick. Um, and we'll hear from Patrick Murphy and Steve Hellwagon later as well. But um, yeah, man, I mean, listen, one thing that I would like to see is I, I would still like to see them mix in CJ running the ball a little bit just to keep the defense honest. Every time he puts that ball into the stomach of the running back, the defense knows he's either going to pull it back and throw it or the running back is going to take it. You need that triple threat, in my opinion, but give them credit. You beat a Notre Dame team, 21 to 10, that came in here ready. Um, yeah. Yeah, give – yeah, exactly. I like this. Yeah, from YouTube. You know, give Teron Vincent his due. He was beasting. Yeah, I mean, Exactly. People are going to say, well, where were the stats at? Well, I don't, I don't, I don't even know the defensive stats. I don't care if there's no defensive stats. Anybody, as I'm sure everybody like, watching this right now knows, if you're a defensive tackle, it's not about the stats. It's about how much you're messing up the line of scrimmage. And I agree. Teron Vincent did a great job of that. That's why he's out there starting. That's why they're talking him up. Um, they love the depth on, on the D line. I think that they early on, they might've been rotating a little too much in my opinion, but you got so many guys out there. Larry Johnson said they got like 12 guys. Um, yeah, the Jim Knowles defense looks the part. People were freaking out early after that first play. And then after that, I mean, Buckner got like almost like half his yards on that first play of the game, which was almost like pseudo lucky. You know, you had that JTT almost got him right, and credit to Buckner for getting it out of there. Lorenzo Styles Jr. for making the catch. Josh Proctor played patty cake and then he, he was never seen again. And Lathan Ransom said, okay, I'll come in there and I'll just come in here and just wreck shop. Um, yeah, Luke Whipler in the O-line. We have a question about that. Um, yeah, like I said, I, I was not happy with the O-line early, you know, and maybe I, I just need, I need to watch like, like all of us, we need to rewatch the game or we're reacting like live. I'm going to rewatch the game. I'm going to do a written version of what we learned for the site on Monday. Um, early on, I was not impressed with the offensive line. My notes, um, at halftime, I was like, I need to see better things out of this O-line, but um, then they looked awesome. I, I, I was hoping Ryan Day would just say, listen, I don't think they can stop this running game, at least not enough. Um, let's just pound it at them, and that's that's eventually what they did, and Notre Dame couldn't stop them. Ohio State dominated the second half. 
they dominated the second half, 14 to nothing. Um, dominated the score, uh, you know, dominated the yards. Ohio State finished with over 150 more total yards than Notre Dame, right around there, like right around 150. So Ohio State was in the 400s. Notre Dame was right around like 274. I have to look at it. Um, so, yeah, exactly. We Somebody says we weren't playing a cupcake team. That's exactly right. This is a good Notre Dame team. Give them credit. Give them credit. They came out ready. Okay, I, I'm glad you brought this up. I, I like DeWan Jones, but, man, not good. Not good. Gave up a sack early, and then I, he, like, was going – like, he had so many penalties, like, I was starting to lose count there. Like, DeWan Jones needs to play a lot better. I, I thought overall the offensive line um, turned it around. But, yeah, Jordan's saying on YouTube the offensive line looked rough. I thought that's what – as I said, that was my take at halftime. I thought they got things turned around in the second half. But DeJuan Jones has got to get himself cleaned up. He is a senior, okay? You cannot be doing freshman, sophomore, third-year sophomore mistakes as a senior, especially as a guy that thought about going to um, the NFL after last year. So, yeah, exactly. Neil says 168 rushing yards against a number five team. Exactly. That's exactly right. Um, yeah. No, yeah, 253 total yards for Notre Dame. That's right. Um, great job out of uh, Jim Knowles' defense. So we'll see what happens. So Jim on Facebook says he does not think Ohio State's going to be number two next week. I mean, if you beat Notre Dame by 11 and you drop in the polls, okay. I mean, fine. I know they didn't cover. They dominated that second half. I thought Notre Dame had some – Fluke plays in the first half, fluke-ish plays in the first half. Just felt like Ohio State was the better team, even though Notre Dame was leading at halftime. Not that people were, if you're a Buckeye fan, not that you were uh, throwing a party at halftime, but um, no Fleming, someone says. Yeah, that, yeah. Richard on YouTube says uh, no Julian Fleming. Yeah, we got the uh, status report a couple hours before the game. I'm not sure what the injury is, but um, he tried to give it a go. Um during pregame warm-up, so that tells me it's not a serious injury. But, yeah, this guy, he can't catch a break. He can't catch a break, so good thing. Um, someone is saying that they think Georgia's going to be number one. I tell you what, wow, you're thinking, like, they're going to take a big step back. Um, I was thinking they would take a minor step back. They look better. Now, maybe Oregon's just terrible, and we just don't know it. But Georgia looked phenomenal today. Tip, tip your cap to them. Um, but, um yeah, they looked really good. Stetson Bennett was a joke two years ago. And then last year, like, settled in. was kind of like a – almost even like a better Craig Krenzel. Not like that he ran like Krenzel, but just what he managed the game and, you know, threw the ball. A better better passer than Krenzel for sure. And then now he's back as a sixth-year sixth year senior and looks like actually like a good quarterback. Um, so, oh, a morning shout out from Singapore. Well, hello, Singapore. Um, well, thank you. Thank you for tuning in. That's really cool. Um, yeah, I'm sure that is uh, – Early morning there in Singapore. There we go. Love it. Love it. Buckeyes from around the globe. Absolutely love it. Um, yeah, we have a comment on Facebook from Jacob saying the only complaint about Coach Day is he gets too uh, pass happy in big games. Um, that was in my notes. I, I definitely jotted that down, Jacob. That um, And then he, what did he do then? He started pounding the rock. I tell you what, Jim Trestle had to be proud. He had the, the 2002 National Championship team there. Did that feel like a Trestle ball game or what? Marcus Freeman, who played for Trestle, um, you know, for his all of his career at Ohio State, um, you know, that was just Marcus Freeman punting from the 36 yard line, Ohio State's 36, Ryan Day punting from Notre Dame's 40. Um, 
the game being 21 to 10, 10, seven at halftime, 21 to 10. That was like an ode to Trestle right there. The over under was 60. I was like, yeah, take the over. Don't listen to me on. And not that I host like a sports gambling show on 97.1, the fan or anything on Sunday. Don't listen. If I talk about sports gambling, don't listen to me. If I tell you Mayan Williams is going to have double digit touchdowns this year, listen to me. All right, let's get to some more comments here. We're going to hear from Bill Curlick very soon. All right, defense kept them alive. CJ will lock in. Yeah, I, listen, I thought actually CJ played well. He Did he miss some throws? Yes, but that defense got after him. They had a good scheme. Al Golden's a good defensive coordinator. Let's keep in mind, he was a good head coach at Temple. Um, you know, didn't do well at Miami, but whatever. Um, and then was in the NFL for the last few years, including with the Bengals last year as the, you know, the linebackers coach there. I thought he had a good scheme. And there were some balls that CJ were just put on the money. How about that on that last touchdown drive for Ohio State, that that throw to Mayan Williams? I mean, by the way, how about Mayan Williams, like, catching that ball? But CJ had some throws that were just, you know, we got to go back and watch that. I, I think when I go back and watch that, I'm going to be even more impressed. But, um, yeah, I mean, some people are saying it was a fluke play on the first play. Yeah, we've talked about that a little bit. So, um, yeah, I mean, so give Ohio State credit. They didn't panic. I give – the whole time – Coach Day looked cool as a cucumber. Those of us that are old enough to unfortunately remember the Cooper era, he always looked befuddled over there, bewildered, you know, um, just absolutely like just like just, you know, flummoxed. At the, as soon as something started going wrong, like Day looked cool as a cucumber, unless he was barking at the officials because they wouldn't like, like let's be real, the, the replay official, and I'm glad Ohio State won so this isn't sour grapes, the replay official was an was asleep at the wheel. We'll get to that in a moment. Let's get Bill Curlick in here to talk recruiting. The replay official was asleep at the wheel. All right, let's get Bill Curlick in here. Bill, good to join. Good to have you join me here. Um, first of all, great win for the Buckeyes. We'll get to recruiting in a second. Your um, overall thoughts on the Buckeyes taking care of business? Well, uh, kind of like I, I thought would happen to some extent. In our podcast on Thursday, uh, Dan, Mark Porter, and I talked about the game, and I said, I think it's going to be a little closer. I said, if 17 points, I said, I would probably uh, give the points and say uh, somewhere between a 10 and 17 point win. So in that respect, I think it was a little bit like I expected, but I did not expect um, only 21 points out of the offense. Certainly, um, you know, that obviously they're going to be able to score more points than that in most games. But the good thing is defensively, that was a really nice effort to hold, uh, hold Notre Dame to 10 points, just uh, an outstanding job by Jim Knowles and his defense. And that is a very big positive for the Buckeyes. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, let's get down to brass tacks as far as you're concerned. Huge, huge night for recruiting for Ohio State. Get the uh, peeps up to speed. What, what do we need to know about recruiting for the Buckeyes? Well, you mentioned it, Dave. Huge night, huge weekend, really, because a lot of these kids are going to be staying overnight uh, a lot of them coming from a long way away and several unofficial visits. Damon Wilson uh, is on an official visit to Ohio State this weekend. Uh, Cedric Hawkins, who is already committed to Ohio State, is on an official visit to Ohio State this weekend. Keon Keeley, a defensive end uh, from Florida, is on an official visit. So those three guys on official visits. And the, the key guys there are uh, uh, Damon Wilson and Keon Keeley. One or both of those guys would be difference makers in this class. And, you know, 
everything I'm hearing is positive for uh, Damon Wilson in particular. Um, I, I like Ohio State's chances uh, now. They're, they're going up with Damon Wilson. I'm not going to say he's definitely a Buckeye at this point, but I, I like what I'm hearing about Damon Wilson and Ohio State. That would be a huge addition for the Buckeyes. All right. If anybody has any questions for the Dean about recruiting, fire away before we get him out of here. He's a, he's a busy man. He's got to talk to recruits who are uh, on their way back from this old, this fantastic game. Um, maybe hopefully hanging out in Columbus. So give me a little bit more, give me a little bit more on recruiting, maybe something you didn't add there. Um, what else might you want to add about recruiting? Well, you know, I, I think at this point, Ohio state, you know, they're finishing up their 2023 class. Um, they just have a few slots really that they're looking to fill still, but uh, 2024, 2025, especially 2024, some great, great players from the 2024 class are in the horseshoe tonight. And um, what happens with those players is going to go a long way towards determining just how good the 2024 class is. You know, you had some of the top Ohioans, uh, guys like Bryce West, the cornerback, uh, uh, Aaron Scott, another cornerback. Uh, you, you've got Garrett Stover, a linebacker, uh, Eli, Elias Rudolph, a defensive end edge type kid. Uh, you know, those are some really top Ohioans, uh, to name a few. Sammy Brown, uh, a linebacker out of Georgia, uh, is uh, King, King Joseph uh, um, uh, out of uh, Georgia is another one um, that, uh, that would be a great addition to Ohio State. Um, back to the 2023 kids, Mateo uh, Uyungaleo certainly is a guy that they want to add to the class. So really, you know, the, the list is a star-studded list of guys that, uh, that Ryan Day and Mark Pantone and the staff uh, have on campus this weekend. So, um, you know, I, I've just kind of named a handful of them there. Um, Jeremiah Smith and Josiah Trader out of Florida, uh, arguably the top two wide receivers on Ohio State's uh, 2024 board. You've got Ian Moore, an offensive lineman uh, from Indiana, uh, Christian Manticor from Illinois, a tight end. Uh, you know, these are all, all just great players. And, you know, uh, uh, I mentioned King Joseph Edwards from Georgia. So tremendous group. Peyton Woodard, don't want to forget him, safety out of California that Ohio State has a very realistic chance at. And, you know, Dave, there are a lot of great defensive prospects in the horseshoe tonight. And seeing what Jim Knowles' defense did tonight, that does nothing but help Ohio State's recruiting efforts. You know, kids want to see. Ohio State's defense hasn't been very good the last couple of years. They want to see what they're getting when they commit to a school. Well, you, you saw a very good Jim Knowles defense tonight. You just hit on what a lot of people have been asking about. Um, let's hit this one. Um, any surprise? This is from Jeff on YouTube. Uh, Dean, any surprise visitors? Um, you know, I don't know if any surprises, just because uh, we had been tracking these kids so long on Bucknuts. You know, we've I've had a list on Bucknuts of uh, of guys visiting Ohio State this weekend. 
I don't know, for, for about a month now. You know, we've added to that list. So we've been tracking them pretty closely. Uh, we did add some kids late, so maybe you could consider uh, those guys surprises. Uh, one of them, Edric Houston, that we add late to the list. He's out of Georgia, a 2024 defensive end out of Buford, Georgia. Same, Miller, same school as Harry Miller uh, was – at uh, before he came to Ohio State. So really, I don't know if there'd be any big surprises because we've just tracked these guys for so long. All right, let's get to some more of them. Just retweeting the show right now. Um, you kind of touched, I think you touched on Mateo a little bit. Um, what's the latest on Mateo? You think a lot of the, the users are confident that he's going to be a Buckeye. What's, uh, is, you think Mateo is going to be a Buckeye? I think Ohio State doesn't trail anybody for him at this point. No. You know, I think that, uh, Right now, there's three teams. There's Ohio State, USC, and Oregon. I think he could end up at any of the three, but I think Ohio State right now, if I had to pick where he ends up, I would pick Ohio State right now. Uh, The one thing, you know, Alabama's lurking a little bit out there for him, but right now I I like where Ohio State stands for Mateo. Um, uh, And I've been saying that for for a couple weeks now. I like where Ohio State stands with him. Uh, It's not a done deal yet. Uh, but again, if, if I was going to pick a school right now for Mateo, I would go with Buckeyes. Southeast Asia is in the house. We've had Singapore and now Thailand. Love it. <laughs> Thailand and Singapore. Um, love it, love it, love it. We are worldwide here on Front Row Radio. I call it Front Row Radio. That's hilarious. Um, what we learned live. Man, I'm going back like way back on the Front Row Radio. And um, you know, Dave, you know, I'm going to add something. If, if Ohio State – could get Damon Wilson and Mateo, then that would be a spectacular, that would be a grand slam finish for this class. And that's not even counting Keon Keeley. Uh, in talking to um, uh, a source or two this weekend, uh, even though Alabama is the pick right now for Keon Keeley, if you look at the uh, crystal ball, a couple of sources I've talked to said, you know, don't sleep on us, as they put it. Uh, Ohio State has a, a chance, a legitimate chance to get Keon Keeley. And there is some confidence there that that could happen. All right. Um, of course, people are going to want to know this. Any booms this weekend, Bill? Anybody going to commit to the Buckeyes this weekend, you think? Well, um, it doesn't happen that way very often anymore. Very rarely does a kid come on campus, make an official visit, and then announce his commitment before he leaves Ohio State or as soon as he gets home to wherever he's going back to. That very rarely happens. Now, I'm not going to say it never happens, but it doesn't happen very often because kids usually want to make their videos. They want to do their edits and all that and set up their times, and there's nothing wrong with that. So, you know, I don't know that I would necessarily say that somebody is going to announce a commitment this weekend to Ohio State, but I, I think that the Ohio State could end up getting guys uh, to soon announce, like a, a Damon Wilson, for instance, um, and get a boom that way, or you know, a little bit of a sleeper to maybe announce sooner rather than later is Bryce West out of Cleveland Glenville. You know, he likes Ohio State a lot. And Arvell Reese didn't do the typical Glenville thing of going through the recruiting process, taking official visits and all that. He went ahead and announced for Ohio State uh, within the past month rather than wait it out. He did so in August. And I just I, I just wouldn't be all that shocked if maybe Bryce West uh, were to commit sooner rather than later. I, I really like his chances. I've had him 
uh, crystal ball to Ohio State for for a long time. Now we have somebody checking in from Germany. Keep we're, <laughs> yeah, now we're we're hearing from Europe worldwide. Love worldwide. Just keep it coming. Keep it coming. I, I love it. Um, let's get back to the before I get you out of here. So I I do love this. People have been talking about this because like I do have a thing. I think like coordinators should be in, in the booth and like Knowles used usually like had been calling defenses like from the field during his career. He had a little bit of experience doing it from the booth. I love that he's up there in the booth. Um, I love what I saw out of Jim Knowles overall, what he did. That just, that looked like the silver bullets to me, Bill. Yeah. Uh, aggressive approach. You know, they, uh, they got pressure on the passer and they stopped the run. You know, that's in this day and age of college football, holding anybody uh, to 10 points, that is you know, a top 20 team. To me, that is really significant. And Ohio State just went out and, and held a top five team in the country to 10 points. You know, just a tremendous job. All right, before I get you out of here, last thing. We've had a lot of people ask about LeBron. LeBron was there with Bronny. Everybody was like, we want Bronny. That's awesome. LeBron had to be just like swelling with pride. He's a Buckeye fan. Um in general, how much do you think have you're you're a Cleveland Cavalier fan too? How much Damn. does um, uh, LeBron just him being there, him being a Buckeye fan? How much does that help? I know it's not going to be the deciding factor, but you know, give me a percentage. How much might that help with the could could it sway a recruit to be a Buckeye? So we're not going to talk about Donovan Mitchell. We're we're, we're going to talk well, about you, LeBron. We, we are now. It looks okay. like. <laughs> nah. well, yeah, I am I am a Cavs fan, and I and I am happy about the Donovan Mitchell. But uh, back to your question, LeBron, you know, actually, I think I had the news, I think, to be honest, uh, about three or four weeks ago that he was going to be in the house for this game. Uh, I was told by a source at Ohio State that he's going to be here. And I I wasn't told at that time that Bronny was going to be here, but I was just told Ron was going to be here. And sure enough, he, he was here. You know, I don't think that that is a deciding factor for any recruit. But in recruiting, every little thing that you can get to help you is a good thing. And I had recruits tell me this weekend, you know, before coming out here, that they were really looking forward to not only going to the game, but as they put it in a couple of cases, being there with LeBron, seeing LeBron, uh, being at the same game as him and all that. So I do think it uh, is a positive for Ohio State. Is it a deciding factor? No but it's a positive. Well, thank you, my friend. Um, I really appreciate you joining me on the show. Um, I will let you go. Thank you very much for your insights. Uh, huge recruiting weekend. I know you want to get back to work. Keep it locked to Bucknuts. Bill's going to have all of the insights. Uh, so keep it locked to Bucknuts. Thank you very much, Bill. Appreciate it, and, man. Uh, and Dave should mention, we will have a uh, Recruits React. I'll be contacting recruits uh, late into the night tonight, tomorrow, and getting the reaction that we're at this game. And there'll be some good ones. Thank you very much, my friend. Appreciate Take care, it. Dave. All right. Want to know. That's right. Survive in advance. Thank you to the Dean. Great stuff out of Dean. Any of the best. I remember like when I was like, you know, was I still in college or was I just out of class? I can't remember, but he was like, doing stuff for the Ozone when he had those, he has like, he was like kind of, you know, moonlighting for the ozone. He had his like uh, 900 number. I should have mentioned this while he was still on. I'm not talking like crap about him. I'm like complimenting him. Like the Dean is the Dean for a reason. He's the Dean. Like even before I was like on the beat, like I was reading his recruiting stuff before that was like really a big thing. So uh, yeah, 
Yeah, we have somebody. Yeah, Mike, Mike Schaefer saying trestle ball one tonight. Yeah, I was saying that earlier. Was that not? Was that not a good O? Do they they uh, they recognize the 2002 national championship team tonight? Did that not feel like a trestle ball game? Sure did. I mean, you can call it an ugly game. I'll take a I'll take a 21-10 win over Notre Dame any day. I know they didn't cover. You know, so if you had the Ohio State covering, I feel bad for you, but. Uh, I'll take that win any day, especially the way Ohio State came out there and dominated in the second half. You know, you win that second half 14 to nothing, and you're the, the tougher team. You're, you're winning at the line of scrimmage. Like, give me that. I love that. You know, what it was us, all this stuff. Ohio State's the best, like, seven-on-seven team in the country. How'd they look in the second half there? They looked like down and dirty team. I mean, I think that was good. So, I think this is going to pay dividends because they still can be that, you know, you know, greatest show on turf type of team. So, yeah, we have people saying, you know, it's a character builder. I agree with that. I agree with that. All right, let's get into the JSN injury. I don't know yet. I know Ryan Brian Day's injury or Ryan Day's press conference is going on right now. Um, I don't know. I'm, we'll hear from, you know, hopefully Steve Hellwag and Patrick Murphy are going to jump on. I am not at the press conference. They are because I'm doing the press or I'm doing the show right after the game here. Um, let's hope it's nothing serious. It does. It it does tell me a lot. Somebody's saying here it doesn't look serious. I agree. Like it does tell me a lot. He didn't get carted off. He's standing there on the sidelines. If he was, if it was serious, he wouldn't just be standing there on the sidelines. It doesn't mean it's nothing to worry about. It just, as we all know from being football fans or whatever, like you're not going to be standing there on the sidelines if it's a season-ending injury and never ever go back to the locker room. They'd take you back and do something. So, um, yeah. So yeah, get him ready for Wisconsin, right? Um, no doubt about it. How about Cade Stover? Uh, you know, after he, he caught his third ball, I think he finished with three. I'm thinking this is the first year no one talked about the receiver or the tight ends getting, <laughs> getting a tight end having any chance of getting like 30 receptions. Watch Cade Stover do it this year, especially if they play enough games. So, um, yeah, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, I agree. Jason on YouTube says Lathan Ransom played his ass off. I completely agree. He came in there. As, as, as Jim Knoll said, somebody asked about Lathan Ransom. You know, last week, and he, 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 he Jim Knoll, I love Jim Knowles. He, he, he's very, very thoughtful, very cerebral. Somebody said, Lathan Ransom. He's like, who? You know, because he couldn't hear who he said. Can you talk about Lathan Ransom? He's like, who? The guy was like, Lathan Ransom. He goes, Lathan. He just goes. He's just very decisive. He just, his fast trigger, he just goes, <laughs> right? That's exactly what Lathan Ransom was tonight. He just goes. He's fast triggered. He's decisive. I love Jim Knowles. He's exactly, exactly, exactly what we wanted. He's exactly what we wanted. Exactly what we wanted. And, um, man, I tell you what, I still can't believe that they reviewed certain plays and they didn't review others. Like, how did they not review the play on Jackson Smith and Jigba when, I mean, he got hurt low, but they also, like, the guy came in high and clearly, like, got him in the head. I mean, Goodness gracious. I mean, and then they're reviewing plays that shouldn't have even been reviewed to see if it was targeting. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. There's Ben on uh, YouTube is saying Tommy Eichenberg was great. He absolutely was great. Tommy Eichenberg, they have a dude at linebacker. I thought Steel Chambers was good. Like Cody Simon was not good. He's your number three linebacker. I don't like that, but I, I, I love Tommy Eichenberg as the best linebacker. He is a dude for sure. And I thought Steel Chambers played well. Um Cody Simon needs to step it up. Mayan Williams did look great. Absolutely, Mayan Williams looked great. I mean, he's out there, you know, pork chop. He's a bowling ball. 
Um, I'm not I'm not down on Travion Henderson at all. I, I just think it's what a great one-two punch. Yeah, I mean, right. I mean, if it wasn't the head, it was the neck, and that's what it's supposed to be, right? If it's the head or neck. So, um, yeah, I, I, I still I, I'm glad Ohio State. Obviously, I'm just glad Ohio State won. Period, right? But um, I'm glad Ohio State won, so it's not like sour grapes because. That absolutely should have been reviewed, especially when they're reviewing other stuff that it was less egregious. Unbelievable. Um, I see. I, yeah, I, I see some um, some comments about like the defense bailing out the offense. Who thought that would happen, right? Who thought the defense would bail out the offense? Um, Mike Hall, I agree. I, I, we have so many comments about Mike Hall. A guy that redshirted last year when other the other three true freshmen played. Tyleek Williams played, Jack Sawyer played, JT Tumulau played, Mike Hall redshirted. Who looks like the superstar right now? Although I'm I'm super high. I mean, that first play of the game, JTT almost had a sack on that uh that play that went for like 50 yards, which was like half the passing yards that Buckner had on the day. Um yeah, Knowles looks like the real deal. What I also hope, um, this is from Scott on Facebook saying Knowles earned his big paycheck tonight. No doubt about it. And I get this feeling. I'll ask him about it. Not that he's going to like make any like grand proclamations about his future. Knowing him, he's going to answer like, I'm just focused on the next game. Like, why are you asking me this? But like, you're making like $2 million a year, basically 1.9. Plus he had like a, you know, a signing bonus of a hundred thousand. Um, you know, I imagine his salary might go up a little bit, even in future seasons. We'll see. Basically he's making $2 million a year. He doesn't have to deal with all the stuff that a head coach has to deal with. He was making 800 grand last year at Oklahoma State. So he wasn't a poor man last year by any means. Making $2 million a year now at Ohio State. He seems very happy. Like, is he content now just to be at Ohio State as defensive coordinator, um, especially at his age? Not that he's an old man, but he's not a spring chicken. He's been a head coach at his alma mater of Cornell. Is he content? And even more than that, is he happy um, to be at Ohio State till he, he retires if he wants to be and he's taken care of? I'm curious about that. My gut feeling tells me yes. Yes, he just wants to be a defensive coordinator and be this mad scientist. Or maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he wants one more crack at being a head coach. I don't know. But I tell you what, um, we'll worry about that when that – we'll cross that bridge when it comes to it because uh, I think the Buckeyes have a hell of a defensive coordinator. Don't worry about this offense. It's going to be fine. Notre Dame came in here with a good game plan, good defensive players. They've got NFL players on that side. Marcus Freeman, give him some credit. For the defensive plan he came up with, I thought they got after it. I didn't think it was Ohio State playing soft. And then eventually Ohio State was like, okay, fine, fine. We don't have Jackson Smith and Jigba. You know, you're doing all this stuff, like dropping nine at times. Like, we're just going to run it down your throat and see how you deal with that. And it was 14 nothing in the second half. Ohio State had over 200 yards. Notre Dame had, what, like 50? Ohio State completely dominated the second half, 14 nothing. Trestle ball style. Trestle had to be over there in his sweater vest. My guy Tress had to be just loving it. Absolutely loving it. Yeah, I mean, we're saying it looks like, uh, you know, Paul on Facebook saying pork chop. Mayan Williams obviously looks super aggressive, looks like a 50-50 split moving forward. Yeah, we'll see. I still think, you know, Travion, it might, get, it might be more like 60-40, but Mayan Williams, bigger part of the offense than anybody was expecting other than some of us. I don't know if it'll be 50-50, though. All right, from Mac Davis on – 
YouTube. Thoughts of how tonight's game will affect the thought process of some of the recruits that were high recruits that were high on Ohio State but committed elsewhere. Now, if you're a defensive recruit, it has to help, right? As we all know, we talked about this. If Ohio State comes out there and they're flying around and they're having fun on defense and they look like an elite defense. That's going to help recruiting. Now, it's not going to have an immediate thing. Somebody's not going to see tonight's game and be like, okay, now I'm, I'm you know, I'm committing to Ohio State, but this has got to help. And, and, and it's going to continue. I mean, a lot of people said if this defense is going to be good, it might start slow and then kind of grow into it. Well, we saw it. You were going to find out right away with this defense. And it was going to be signs like, are they flying around? Are they tough? Not about a fluke play is going to happen, you know, but like just certain things, you know, are, are they – they look like an Ohio State defense. I'm just trying to articulate the best I can. Like I, you guys know what I mean, though, and and they do. They look like a silver bullet defense. They look like an Ohio State defense. They look exactly like what I want. Um, were there some mistakes tonight? Yeah, I thought Notre Dame though guy had some lucky plays though. Love what I saw of the defense. Um, I'm pretty sure we have a question. Was Trestle there tonight? He was there today. Um, yeah, he was there because they, yeah, because they were, they, yeah, because they honored the team after the first quarter. Yeah, he was there. I saw him before the game. So, yeah, he was definitely there on the field because they honored the team after the first quarter and they were a little late getting off the field. So, yeah, Tre yeah Trestle was there tonight. So, you, you know, he was loving life. I'm sure he's there in like a, with his guys in a, in a box somewhere. 20 year anniversary of that awesome 2002 national championship team. So, uh, yeah, man. Um, the same guys berating. This is from Allure Quest Travel Experience on uh, YouTube. The same guys berating the offensive line when C.J. Stroud benched after two games last year. Notre Dame has a veteran defensive line, and they do have a, a veteran defensive line, and, and they're deep. That now Michigan's defensive line looked a lot better than what I thought. I know it was Colorado State, but Michigan actually has more depth on the D line than I thought after even after losing Hutchinson and Ajabo. But I'll be surprised if this is not the best defensive line Ohio State faces all year. I think Notre Dame's defensive line is legit, and their defense overall is legit. And they came in with a good scheme with Marcus Freeman and Al Golden. Again, you got to tip your cap. You can't act like they were playing Akron tonight. Um, you can't act like they were playing Akron. Like they they were playing a good team. You know, obviously, I mean, I, I picked Ohio State to cover not by a lot. I said all. My prediction was Ohio State would win comfortably, but they um, they would cover, but not by much. Um, turns out they didn't really win comfortably, but it wasn't like they won by a last-second field goal either. I mean, they had control of the game by, what, um, midway through the fourth quarter, early fourth quarter. But um, I give Notre Dame credit. Notre Dame played better than what I thought they would. I give them credit. Uh, and Ohio State's got to be better if they're going to beat Alabama. Uh, if they get the, the chance to even play Alabama right now, Alabama is the clear favorite for a reason. But Ohio State's right there. You know, Georgia, Clemson, um, and this Ohio State team will get better. I love what I saw of the defense. That was the biggest thing that I wanted to see. I love what I saw of the defense. So we'll see what happens. So we have a question about Josh Proctor. Yeah, so basically Josh Proctor um, looked to me like he was um, – man, I don't, I don't even know if – yeah, I, I'm guessing. I, I would need I, – I hate speculating on this without being at the press conference because I'm sure, like, this stuff is known by now. I'm guessing it was that Knowles – it was as simple as Knowles saw him do what he did on that first play of the game, kind of just kind of play patty cake with that guy and just be like, okay, you're done. Get Lathan Ransom in there. I want someone who's going to be a heat-seeking missile. I'm done with that. Um, thought we'd see some more of Court Williams, but Lathan Ransom balled out for sure. Love that. All right. Um, 
I don't know if Ohio State leads for Keon Keeley. I wouldn't say that at all. But um, I, I tell you what, a game night, a game like tonight, sure helps the cause. A um, lot of comments about Mike Hall. I know for those that are just tuning in, it, it, he's got to be the player of the game. I mean, if Mayan, Mayan Williams is up there, you know, Tommy Eichenberg, um, you know, C.J. Stroud played better than I think people are giving him credit for. He he threw some balls in some tight windows there against a D-line that was getting after him without his best receiver. Emeka Ibuka, I thought, played a really good game too. Tommy Eichenberg. Yeah, I'm glad. Okay, good. Joe on Facebook. I like this. Yeah, I haven't even – I've talked about the offensive line, but I haven't mentioned um, Justin Fry yet. Yeah, you can already see the Justin Fry effect. And I think – Stud was a good offensive line coach. Um, I, I think Fry might be really good. I think he was an upgrade. We'll see how much of one, but I think certainly Fry was an upgrade, in my opinion. Um, so, yeah, we have uh, Josh on Facebook saying uh, Mike Hall and Mayan Williams players of the game. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. I'm going with that. If we had to pick one on each side of the ball or just two, period, Mike Hall and Mayan Williams, for sure, they are your uh, defensive or offensive and defensive players of the game. Did Jordan Hancock or J.K. Johnson get action? I didn't see him out there. They might have got spot duty. Knowles does not like to rotate much in his secondary. That's why once, once Lathan Ransom went in there, like Proctor was out of luck. You know, he does not like rotating. Now, Cody Simon got in there a little bit as that third linebacker. You didn't see a fourth linebacker get in there. Um, and really, it was mostly Tommy Eichenberg and Steel Chambers. Um, and they almost rotated too much on the D line, in my opinion. You know, I mean, I don't know. There's a, there's a reason you're a third teamer, right? I mean, I know like you want to play 12 guys or what he's talking about, but like, listen, if you're nine through 12, there's a reason you're not one through four. If it's close, that's fine. But you're not, you're not five through eight. You're, you're nine through 12. You're not one through four. I need one through four out there. If you want to play five through eight, that's good too. I just don't know how that meshes, how you're you're cool with like having like 12 guys play on the defensive line, but like no rotation basically in the back seven. If if the the mindset, which it is, it feels like Knowles is kind of letting like Larry Johnson do what he wants to do because he's Larry Johnson. If the mindset is, which Knowles has said this, the starters are starters for a reason. We're in good shape physically because of Coach Mick. Our starters are starters for a reason. How does that logic not apply in the defensive line? Now, again, you want to keep guys fresh. I'm not saying five through eight don't play, but why is nine through 12 playing is my opinion. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what you guys think about that, but I don't, I, I don't, I don't need the third team defensive line out there. Like it's a hockey game, you know, like it's a third team line. Like if you're on the second team, that's fine. We don't need 12 defensive linemen playing. Am I concerned about the receivers not getting separation and lack of big plays? Um, that did that was a surprise. I thought early on Ohio State was t- attacking them, and you know you saw early on um, Marvin Harrison Jr. almost had one. I thought at first it was a bad on him that he dropped it. Turns out it was a little bit you know tougher of a catch than I thought. And he still almost caught it. It really was the ground that, that caused it. Um, he's still going to have a monster year, but yeah, I did think that they would be able to expose this Notre Dame secondary a little bit more. That being said, Notre Dame. Really, all four starters are back in their secondary. They did lose one, obviously, um, their first-round pick, Hamilton, but they replaced him with Brandon Joseph. So you lose Kyle Hamilton. Not that Brandon Joseph's as good as Kyle Hamilton, but Brandon Joseph's still really good, as we all know from his days at Northwestern. Um, they have their other three starters back in the secondary, the Fighting Irish do, and they bring Brandon Joseph in. So it's even though their D-line gets most of the 
you know, notoriety and rightfully so. It's a good D line that they have. They've got a good secondary, but yeah, I mean, to answer your question, I expect Ohio state to still get like way better of that, you know, matchup than they did. So we'll see. Um, yeah, this is a good point, you know, from YouTube, um, an Ohio, the Ohio state university fan from up North didn't Notre Dame play Ohio state's wide receivers as to not give up the big plays. Of course they did. Yes. That's a great point. I'm glad you brought that up. Notre Dame's plan clearly was to keep everything in front of them. We're not giving up big plays. We're going to make you run the ball. We're going to make you throw short passes. We're not letting you pick us apart deep. Um, unless you're Xavier Johnson on that, that one blitz. Not that that was deep, but it was deep enough. Love that Xavier Johnson did that. And by the way, people are wondering, put, we've had, had some comments, uh, put Xavier Johnson on scholarship. And some have also mentioned he is on scholarship. I can confirm Xavier Johnson is on scholarship. I don't know why they don't publicize that more because he's he was a walk-on for a while. They never made a big deal about it. They never did like a ceremony like they do. But, um, yeah, it's a good point. I mean, Notre Dame, they absolutely, that was the game plan is to keep everything in front of them, is to not let Ohio State beat them deep. And it was a good game plan because Ohio State was still, you know, they were aggressive early. Um, I give Ryan Day credit. Eventually he was just like, okay, fine, fine. We're just going to pound it down your throat. And, and if you can't stop that, then, you know, then we're just going to keep doing it. And um, they couldn't stop it. Why didn't Henderson run? In, I mean, we have a question. Why didn't Why didn't Henderson run very much? I mean, Travion's carries and Mayan's carries are relatively equal. Mayan had a couple bit more. Um, but, um, you know, and Henderson also got banged up a little bit more. And let's just be let's just be frank. I mean, Mayan was more effective. And I love Travion Henderson. I think he's got a huge year, and I I, I love the the young man. Um, mine was the better back tonight. He was playing better, breaking more tackles. And I thought Travion played well overall. There were sometimes it wasn't his fault, you know, where like he didn't get a lot of yards and it wasn't his fault. And there were sometimes he got like a, some good chunks, but mine was just the better back. There were times when there really was nothing there, and he got something. There was one early in the game when he went out of bounds. He would have busted it for a touchdown if he would have stayed in bounds. I mean, mine just looked really good. I give uh, I, I give him a lot of credit. Okay, well I guess never mind. Never mind about that having, having like similar similar carries. This is why I need to have like the, the game notes in front of me. Um, yeah. So, but listen, mine was just better. I, I give Ryan Day credit for going with the hot hand and not being like this is my starter. Period. I'm just gonna you know mine Williams was the the better running back, so that's why they went with him. We have a question from David on YouTube. What about Dave mixing in more run plays to get the defense out of the two safeties back? Yeah, I mean, I I, I, I was yelling, you know, just get, go with the run. He finally did, though, to his credit. You know, I mean, he finally did. I mean, it, imagine if we're sitting here right now and it was, you know, Notre Dame, like, winning this game, like, 17-14 or whatever it would have been. Um, you know, I, I just – at least he finally adjusted. At least he finally adjusted. So, um you know, and this is uh, people like brand Ryan Day as this pass happy coach. Like he obviously he's great at coming up with pass concepts and is a great quarterbacks coach. And it, J.K. Dobbins is the only player in school history to rush for two thousand yards in a season. That was Ryan Day's first season, so it's not like he goes away from the running game. You know, Travion Henderson had over twelve hundred rushing yards last year. Trey Sermon, um, you know, ended up being a beast by the end of that two thousand season. It would have been a thousand yard rusher if they played a full season. So Ryan Day is kind of gets a unfair rap as a guy that doesn't run the ball now early on tonight that was an unfair rap i was saying it myself like why aren't you running it more they cannot stop it 
Um, not that they were giving up like massive chunks, but you're looking at like they're averaging five, six yards a carry. Just keep the ball on the ground. Finally, he did. Finally, he did. Um, all right, so there we go. So, um, oh, because there we go. So Henderson actually had, so some people are saying Henderson actually had one more carry than mine. Okay, well, there you go. Um, mine was just the better back though, regardless. Henderson had one more carry than Mayan. Mayan had Mayan was just a better back tonight. Yeah, and Lathan Ransom was a beast. That's right, Steven. Yeah, Mayan is the more physical runner. Travion's the more finesse runner. Travion's the home run hitter. Listen, and Travion's rocked up, you know, and he's a tough kid. Like he's gained strength and he says he's even faster. Um, you know, hasn't gained a lot of weight, but you know, a few pounds heavier, maybe five pounds heavier than last year. Strong. You look at him coming out like when he comes out for interviews. He's not shy about coming out sometimes, you know. I do the same thing, you know, shirtless or, you know, at least with the, you know, with the, with no sleeves. This kid's jacked up. He's jacked up. But Mayan is that, oh, man, I just love it. I love it. 5'8", 227, 230 pounds, quicker than people think. So hard to tackle. Love Mayan Williams. What a great one-two punch. There's, we don't need to pick between them. What a great, what a great one-two punch. They're gonna need them both all year. They're gonna need them both all year. And look, we yeah, great point here. Both of both of them had six yards of carry. Yeah, I mean, I, I just thought mine overall was more impressive. Let's just say the Buckeyes have a great one-two punch. Best, I've almost said the best that I've seen when you talk about just, just you add them up, because I'm I'm too barely too young to remember Archie Griffin and Pete Johnson, which has to be the best one-two punch ever. Heisman Trophy winner. And then a guy that gets 20 touchdowns as your one-two punch. Pretty good, huh? Um, there's been a lot of good one-two punches. This might be right up there. This might be the best. Travion and Mayan. We'll see. Game one, right? I know. Really, really, really good defense they went up against with a good scheme. So, um, so Pat and Steve are saying that the – <laughs> press conference is going late um we'll see if they're going to join us um is it still going question mark we'll get you guys an update um we'll hope to hear from pat and steve with the latest from the press conference i would love to know a update on jackson smith and jigba again i would be surprised but serious because he would have been just standing there on the sidelines he would have been back in the training room at least a little bit so we'll see um yeah, I mean, there's a lot. I mean, I, I don't know how they didn't review that. I don't know how they didn't. The guy came flying in and like, and I'm, I hate a lot of that stuff. Like, you know, you know, I, I'm, I like player safety, but I, I think they've overdone it to a degree. So I'm, I'm not a big fan of like reviews on like, you know, things that aren't the spirit of the rule. But I thought that when that guy came flying in and smashed him in the neck. But that was the spirit of the rule. You know, you're not supposed to do that. I don't really think it was a dirty play because the one guy was getting him low. I think he was just coming in to make the tackle. I don't think it was dirty. I thought it at least deserved a review. They didn't even review it. There was a much lesser play like, like for Ohio State that they reviewed. Thankfully, they didn't review it, like make it a uh, – and I think that was on Mike Hall too, thank goodness. Um, he would have been kicked out of the game. Ohio State's defensive player of the game. I mean, at least they didn't kick him out. But why are they reviewing that play? Like what are they even – what are they even doing? Was, was this like the same like uh, replay official from the Fiesta Bowl against Clemson that was making shady call after shady call after shady call? Um, 
So, yeah, the press conference is still going, they're saying. So, I don't know if we're going to hear from Pat and Steve or not. If not, um, just keep taking your questions. David on YouTube, he said, you may have already talked about this. What are your thoughts on the offensive line? Um, didn't think they were playing well early. I thought Dewan Jones gave up a sack. He, he's a good run blocker. We all know that. I mean, the guy is – once he gets you, I mean, he's just going to just maul you. Um, but – Way too many penalties, especially for a senior. I don't care it's the first game. You're a senior. You're not a sophomore. You're now a second-year starter. You're a senior. Three penalties. You give up a sack. Got to be better than that. But including DeWan Jones, the offensive line played much better in the second half. Much better. So we'll see. They need you – know, we won't know till the Wisconsin game because although Toledo might be the best team in the MAC, they're not going to be a pushover two weeks from now, but like – not like they're going to test the Buckeyes, but Toledo's no joke. We're not going to know till Wisconsin. Um, the offensive line needs to play better because Wisconsin's going to come in with a good game plan too. Jim Leonard is their defensive coordinator. He's going to come in with a good game plan. They're going to be flying around. They're going to be a lot like Notre Dame. Yeah, Joe on uh, Facebook says, I like how they use Sawyer. Absolutely. Jim Knowles, that Leo, you know, that Jack moving him around. I loved it as well. Absolutely loved it. We got people checking in. I don't even know what's going on at the press conference. We got people checking in with comments from the press conference. Jim Knowles apparently said, quote, there's still a lot of things we haven't shown. Tonight we were rather basic. Ooh, I, yeah, I like that. I like the side eyes too. Like, whoa. whoa. Tonight we were basic. That was basic? Yeah, I love that. I love that. It's from Jabari. Jabari Haynes on YouTube. I love that right there. Still a lot of things we haven't shown tonight. We were rather basic. See, Knowles has that quiet confidence about him, or it doesn't sound like he's bragging, but he really is. Love him. Mad scientist and cool. And cool. Jason. Jason says, nobody's talking about JTT. I don't get that. Dude had a great game. Let's talk about him. I did too. I, I thought he was disruptive. Um, very disruptive. Again, you can't judge defensive linemen. Sometimes you can the ends, but you, for the most part, you can't judge defensive linemen by stats. He was disruptive, and I like what I saw out of him. A lot of mine Williams love, as it should be. Oh, gosh. I, I was waiting for this one. I know he throws in, like, the laughing emoji, but Bucknuts88, maybe Ruggles should have went to spring camp. Yeah. We were all thinking that, weren't we? Like, I mean, really, that had nothing to do with him missing that field goal. He barely missed it. We were all thinking, like, well, there you go. How about you don't go to Hawaii next time? No, I mean – Honestly, I'm still surprised Ryan Day let him do that. It's not like you need your kicker there for spring ball. It's just the precedent that it sets. Like, I don't, I, it doesn't bother me. Right? It just it's, it kind of goes against who Ryan Day is. I'm still surprised he let Ruggles do it. Unless it was like Ruggles was like, how about I just quit the team then? And Day's like, all right, fine. It just it, it does, It's not like a Ryan Day thing to let your even your, even your sixth year senior kicker who you don't need there for spring ball just take off spring and just go to Hawaii because then what prevents your quarterback from doing that and saying okay I'm CJ Stroud I'm just gonna go do that or Jackson Smith and Jigba I don't know whatever I know went off on a tangent there that had nothing to do with Noah Ruggles missing that field goal as we all know and I'm glad he's still the field goal kicker so Paul Pitcock I don't, is that any relation to Quinn Pitcock not a very common last name, Paul Pitcock from Facebook. I wonder if that's any relation to great D-tackle Quinn Pitcock. Um, totally agree about Ruggles. I don't know if you agree about – he shouldn't have taken spring ball off. You agree about what I said that doesn't really matter 
or whatever else I babbled on about. Oh, I'm so glad you asked about this. Hampton Crawford on YouTube. Do I think Stroud should be a more willing to be a mobile quarterback? Yes. And that's to me is on the coaching staff. I've said this over and over again. People like make fun. Like you hear people like, oh, Ohio State fans. They have a quarterback who's a Heisman finalist and throws for almost 5,000 yards. And they're complaining he doesn't run the ball more. That's not what we're talking about at all. Once or twice a game, he needs to scramble and get a first down, a cheap first down when the protection breaks down and there's not an open receiver. Once or twice a game. Also, once or twice a game, the, the coaching staff needs to call a, a called quarterback run to keep the defense honest. Every time they do that pseudo, you know, zone read, um, which is really RPO, but still, if you're putting that ball in the in, in the running back's stomach there, right? I mean, it's supposed to be a triple threat. Either as a quarterback, I can pull it, throw it, I can pull it, run it, or I can give it to the running back. Right now, that's a double threat, not a triple threat, because there's no threat of CJ pulling that and running it. Now, do we want him doing that five times a game? No. How about once or twice? Once or twice. Do you see how many times that would have been wide open? You put that ball right in that running back, and then boom, 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 and he pulls it, and they're like, oh, oh if he pulls it, he's going to – no. And then he just easily could have ran to his right for 10 yards. I don't know why they don't do that once or twice a game. And now there's not the excuse of, well, he's got a banged-up shoulder. We don't want him to get hurt. So – I don't want to see it against Arkansas State and Toledo. We damn sure better see it more in big games. I, I don't get it at all. I don't get it at all. I don't get it at all. Listen, I don't know. I, I don't want, like, and I don't want QB draws necessarily. If somebody said talk about, like, you know, run quarterback draws, I don't even need quarterback draws. Like, I'm talking about safe runs. Or even if the DN doesn't bite, you know, you can get down safely and just say, okay, fine, you know. If you don't want him to take a hit, if that's what it's, if that's what it is, um, although he's fast enough to get around there, even if they don't bite, you know, make him move inside and get around. They're probably not going to bite. I mean, they probably will bite. They probably will bite because there's been no threat for him to do it. So I'll be, you know, they need to mix it in to at least find out, at least keep the defense honest. So yeah, that's another thing. I mean, Travion Henderson did take a hard blow to the head. He was a little like, oh, there we go. We got Patrick Murphy on the sidelines. There we go. He did take a hard blow to the head. Patrick Murphy from the field at Ohio Stadium. Welcome to the show, my friend. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, certainly better than uh, the fact that they got that done in the second half and, and turned that thing around because I thought we were going to have a very disappointing conversation here at halftime. But glad to see they turned it around. This is going to be a much more exciting thing to talk about here. I want to get into what you learned uh, at the press conference. Um What's the latest on Jackson Smith and Jigba? Let's start with that. Yeah, Ryan Day said that they they weren't entirely sure, but they're hoping to have both him and Julian Fleming back next week. So it didn't sound like it was anything too bad. You know, Jackson did try to come back into the game multiple times. I, I think, you know, if they'd absolutely needed him, he probably could have gone from, from what Ryan Day said and the fact that he was out there. But, you know, you've got such a deep group of receivers. They were able to get it done. Obviously, the, the passing game didn't have the normal chemistry that it does with him not out there. But it didn't sound like it was anything too serious. We've heard Ryan Day when, when guys have gotten hurt in the past. You know, maybe he won't give the full diagnosis, but he would certainly, you know, not say something like he could be back as soon as next week. So I think that's certainly a positive for, for both guys. All right. So, um, my goodness, who would have thought it would be a defensive struggle, right? Yeah. I mean, like we all thought the over-under was like 60. 
Yeah, ended up being like a total of 31. Who would have thought that? But uh, I give credit to this Ohio State defense. They gave up a 50-yard play on the first play of the game, and, and they were they looked like an Ohio State silver bullet defense after that. Yeah, I was sitting next to Bill Bender of the Sporting News in uh, the press conference, and he, he looked at me and he goes, how do you spell trestle? Because that's what how he was describing this game, that they trestled Notre Dame. I thought that was a good way to put it, especially with Jim Trestle being here today for the 20th anniversary of the – uh, national championship in 2002 but yeah I think Jim Knowles talked about it some of the defensive guys talked about it in the press conference we just finished you know you, you bounce back from that big play obviously last year they didn't do that enough when they gave up those big plays it stuck with them and so that that first play it wasn't a problem the rest of the game they were able to really limit things another big thing that, that I think stood out about this defense was toughness and we heard so much last year especially at the end of the year after the Michigan game this is a soft team, this is a finesse team, those type of things. And it's not just defense. Look at how they handled the, the running game in the second half once they finally got it going. You need to be tough to do that. So I think both offensively and defensively, but particularly defensively just because of how things were going, that, that toughness was a huge thing that they showed. And that, that is part of not just physically being tough, but also mentally being tough. And, hey, you're going to give up a few big plays. Jim Knowles said he gives the guys about – seven or eight of those a game because there's going to be some contested plays or a running back's going to break a, a play, um, especially against a, a really good team. And, you know, but you've got to bounce back. You've got to respond. And they did that for sure. Players of the game, Mike Hall on defense, Mayan yeah. Williams on offense. Is that fair? Mike Hall, Mayan Williams. Yeah, absolutely. We talked to both. Well, no, we talked to Mike, Will, Mike Hall. Uh, you know, this is a guy who, worked hard this offseason to get himself into a role. He said he found out a couple of days ago that he was starting and, you know, he was just happy to have the opportunity. He wanted to give it everything he possibly could. I think that, you know, you saw that, that Ohio State has something in that interior of the defensive line. And, yeah, credit to Mayan Williams. Credit to you and your bold prediction. He's one-tenth of the way to the ten touchdowns. Uh, Dave and I were arguing about this one uh, via text message this week. Friendly argument, of course. Uh, so, uh, yeah, he was great. Um, and I said last week on, on the, the show I do that uh, I didn't think he would play as nearly as much as people were talking. I'm going to eat crow on that one. He was huge for the Buckeyes tonight. Yeah, absolutely. I, Mike Hall, I mean, I wow. And they'd been talking him up, and I, I've been saying he's going to play a lot. I, I'd be lying if I said I expected this. Right. And I thought JTT played really well. I know it's not really JTT, but we call him JTT. Um, Jack Sawyer, I thought he played really well. Um, Teron Vincent was just holding the point of attack. Like, you can't judge a D tackle on stats. But Mike Hall, man, I'd be lying if I said I saw that coming. And I thought he'd be good this year. But he looks like he might be like a – you're a Rams fan. He looks like he might be – I'm not saying he's Aaron Donald. But he's got a little Aaron Donald in him. Yeah, I don't – I mean, we heard a lot of good things about him this this fall. But – you know, to come out and do this against Notre Dame, yeah, no, I don't think anyone that, that wasn't there in practice every single day saw this coming. And I think that's why they were so confident in him is because they did see this coming. They did see what he was able to do and, and disrupt with the, the, the offense and, and really cause havoc. I think that was the biggest thing, and, and he was certainly doing that tonight. No doubt about it. Um, how was the atmosphere at the horseshoe, people are asking? How was the – Fantastic. I mean – when, when Xavier Johnson, another guy we should touch on, uh, caught that touchdown to go up, I looked at Steve and I said, when was the last time you heard this place go that loud on a play that wasn't like 
JT Barrett winning against Penn State or, you know, those last second Curtis Samuel plays. I mean, it, it was like an explosion went off in here. And, and it was great the whole game, even before the game. Ryan Day said that he was so happy with Buckeye Nation coming out, getting in here. He said they came out for warmups and this place was already packed and loud. You saw it affect Notre Dame multiple times where they either had to call timeout or they got a false start, something like that. Uh, you know, I mean, the, the number of celebrities and, and athletes that were here, I mean, the, the former Buckeyes were, were countless, but guys like LeBron James, obviously, Andre Iguodala, uh, you know, just, just guys that wanted to be at this. It was the place to be tonight. I hope they do more of these week one games where they can get guys out like this because this was a lot of fun. Did you talk to your guy LeBron at all? No, he was being mobbed by all of the recruits. Brian Hartline actually took a group of recruits over to LeBron to introduce them, which there's not many places in the country where you're going to go, you're going to be standing on the sideline before the game and coach comes up. He's like, hey, let's go talk to LeBron James. I mean, you know, what a recruiting tool that is to have a guy like that show up for the game. I know he's been to games before. I know he's been on the sideline. He's been to basketball games, things like that. But that's certainly something that uh, I think – a lot of recruits would be interested in playing in front of LeBron in some of these big games. Hey, guys, let's go take a walk. Uh, let's go talk to uh, LeBron. Yeah. Yeah. Freaking and, awesome. and just so, and Bronny obviously was there. Like, I know, like, this we're talking football, but like, um, I know this is out of left field. Is there a good chance you think Bronny's going to play for Chris Holtman and the Buckeyes? I don't know. They, they've kept that recruitment so tight. He doesn't talk to anybody. I was even talking to Adam Jardy at the dispatch coming down the elevator towards the end of the game. I said, did, did you try and talk to Bronny? He said, I tried, but I don't think he's given an interview as a high school kid, and, and that's pretty rare, maybe one or two, but LeBron keeps that pretty locked down. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. Uh, I think Chris Holtman's doing a pretty good job. They had a number of guys here uh, for, well, they had a handful of guys here visiting, so they got to witness this too. And, you know, as a basketball player, while you're not playing in this stadium, it is something you get to take a part in, especially some of these earlier games before you really get started practicing. Again, this, this doesn't hurt any recruiting, no matter the sport, to be able to come out and see something like this. All right, last thing before I let you go, I know you got like a lot of work to do. Um, anything else from the press conference we need to know about um, or any you know things, plural, just anything from the press conference that uh, the good people need to know about? Yeah, I'd just say the Xavier Johnson stuff, he was, he was made available – this kid is a, a former walk-on, was given a scholarship the week of the Oregon game last year, didn't want it public because he didn't want a big deal because they were going into a big game. And then obviously they lose that game. Mm. You're not going to put it out after that. So pretty cool situation there. He's a very much a man of faith. He talked about that quite a bit and how he just kind of gives himself to, to his faith and, and really appreciates what he's been able to do, even though it hasn't always reflected on the field. CJ Stroud said he's a beast in the weight room. And, you know, he's a guy that, that really helps him with his faith, too. So, you know, I, I just think when you have guys go down, you have Jackson Smith and Jigba down, you don't have Julian Fleming. Cameron Babb was on – not that Cameron Babb's caught a t pass here, but that would have been another receiver who could have come in a game. He's on the sideline sweatpants. So you're, you're down quite a bit, and you've got to go to some, some guys deep in the depth chart. We've heard that they could – they trusted Xavier Johnson. Now we actually saw it, and we saw why. So, you know, I think he's uh, – he, he certainly deserves – our mention and um, you know, anything else? I think that was, was the most of it. The toughness thing was a big, big topic of conversation with the defense. And, you know, I, like I said before, I think they showed that, that this is certainly a much tougher team uh, than they were a year ago. All right, my friend, um, you can do uh, get back to more work. Um, thank you for yeah. joining me here on the show. I appreciate it. 
Yeah, yeah. Steve will be on shortly. He he was going to meet with our foot photographer to get the pictures, and he, I know he's going to hop on quickly. Okay, great. Thank you, Patrick. Right. Appreciate it, man. All right, see you guys. That was Patrick Murphy live from the field at the Ohio Stadium. Um, oh, there we go. Now we got one from Hawaii. So, you know, one of the 50 states, but, you know, a little further out. I love it. Hearing from people from all over the globe, absolutely love it. Doesn't surprise me at all. Um, anybody who's been overseas or anywhere wearing a Buckeye shirt, you're going to get an OH. Doesn't matter where we're at. I love it. Absolutely love it. Yep. We have somebody with, we have, uh, a lot of people talking about game balls and players of the game. Chip, Chip Williams from YouTube says, Mayan, Emeka, Hall, Ransom, Xavier, Eichenberg, game balls. You're not lying. You are not lying about – you're not lying about any of that. You're not lying about any of that. Paul wants to know from Facebook what happened with Julian Fleming. We don't know. We got the um, availability report. We actually get it a little bit before we uh, put it out. We put it out at 5.30. We get it a little bit before that. They asked us to embargo it so as not to tip off the opposition. We were told Fleming was a game-time decision. They do not specify why on the availability report. What they do is a few hours before the game, they release a availability report, and it just says game-time decision or out. So if you're not on there, that means you're playing. You're either, so if you're a game-time decision, he was the only one listed as a game-time decision, Julian Fleming. He warmed up. He couldn't go. I'm not sure what it was. He's had shoulder problems in the past. He's been dealing with a hamstring. I'm not sure what this was, but obviously it's not a long-term injury if he was a game-time decision and he was in pads and able to warm up. So that's good, but it's bad that he continues to be just nipped by the injury bug. It's never anything super serious, but you know, Julian Fleming was the number one wide receiver recruit in the country in 2020 and just can't seem to stay healthy. So that's what happened with there. We got Steve Hellwagon. Steve Hellwagon, how you doing, my friend? Welcome to the show. I'm good. I'm gonna move over here out of the way. That way I'm not bugging people. Yeah, you, yeah, I'm you down here in the bowels of this is the beautiful bowels of Ohio Stadium, right here where the uh, photographers were. I came over here to get with our guy, Dan Harker, who took some photos today for us. And, uh, you know, we're just flying by the seat of our pants here right now. Uh, we just came out of the interviews. Um, you know, Dave, they talk about having to win left-handed sometimes. And when Jackson Smith, the Jigma doesn't play and no Cam Babb and uh, no um, Julian Fleming, I mean, you're down, you know, you're down two or three of your top guys. So, you have to win left-handed sometimes, and a great effort by the defense. Uh, they gave up probably three or four big plays, and yet uh, the first series was huge where they held them to three, uh, slammed the door on them, and, uh, you know, a lot of praise to go around, a lot of things that need to be cleaned up, and uh, I don't know. It's just, uh, you know, people are going to compare, well, Georgia did this to Oregon, and, you know, Alabama did this to Utah State or whatever, and it's like – you know, I don't know that Notre Dame is the number five team in the country. I, I think they're going to be offensively challenged probably all season until like a Lorenzo Styles or somebody comes along to kind of kick them in gear. Um, but Buckner, I thought, I thought he played pretty well on the whole. And, um, you know, I don't see that that's a team that's going to score a lot of points all season. So, you know, let's, let's don't break our arm patting ourselves on the back just yet, but you know, talent equated game. You won by 11 and, uh, you know, good start, I think for this team and a lot of lessons learned. 
What's what are you hearing about uh, Julian Fleming and Jackson Smith and Jigba? They're hoping to get uh, Julian Fleming and Jackson Smith the Jigba back for next week. Uh, they're hoping. Uh, Julian Fleming tried to warm up, came out for early warm-ups, but just couldn't go. And so uh, when that happened, they shut him down. And then uh, Jackson Smith the Jigba, obviously, uh, he got, you know, as you guys saw in the replay, he got elbowed in the back of the head and his helmet flies off. And, and they don't they don't throw a flag. They don't review it. Total horse shit. Total ACC officiating horse shit, in my mm -hmm. opinion. I just <laughs> talk about protecting the players. The guy who's upstairs, he's, I mean, when the guy's helmet comes off and it's obvious he's been hit in the head, doesn't that trigger a uh, uh, the guy buzzing down? He buzzed down to check my call for targeting. Exactly. Total bullshit, Dave. I, I just a lot, I, a lot bullshit. Yep. I don't understand it. I don't understand how a guy can be. And on the when you slow it down, he gets the first contact with Jack Smith the Jigba is this guy's elbow hitting the back of his head. That right. is above his neck. The last time I checked, and it was in the back of his head where he didn't even know it was coming. I mean, I, we're talking about protecting the players and whatever, and what's a good hit and what's not. But it was like they were in such a hurry. I think Ohio State was trying to run tempo and didn't care, and I don't know. I don't. I don't get it. I don't understand it. So that's the first thing. Is he, I guess he injured his lower leg, may have twisted his ankle as he landed awkwardly on that terrible hit on the sideline, and he tried to come back and play but couldn't. Seemed like he was fine in terms of uh, it wasn't that he got his bell rung or anything like that. It was a lower leg injury, so I think. Not a concussion is what I what I would say on that. So, theoretically, you know, it's Arkansas State next week. If you can't beat Arkansas State without him, then you've got a real problem. How about this defense? I, I love what I saw. They gave up that huge play on the first play of the game, and then they were, like, fantastic for the most part after that. I mean, and, you know, how about Jim Knowles not messing around with Josh Proctor? Oh, you want to go out there and just, like, go out there and act like we're playing like flag football out there. How about I put Lathan Ransom out there like for the rest of the game? You can just go take a seat on the bench. That's what yeah. happened to Josh Proctor. Am I missing? Am I missing anything? And just yeah. talk, talk about the defense in general. Uh, Michael Hall, what? A, where have you been all my life? I mean, that was <laughs> – wow. What a game for him. He was disruptive. I mean, yeah. uh, Jim Knowles talked about how they talked with the offensive linemen at times during preseason practice and asked them as the defensive staff – Who's the hardest guy to block? And Mike Hall's name came up several times. So that moved him up the pecking order. And as we saw, he probably, I don't know how many plays Notre Dame ran. They only ran 20 <laughs> in the second half. They got dominated in the second See, half. This is, this is why I'm, I'm a little suspect on Notre Dame. 20 plays in the second half. I mean, I mean, their schedule's not all that difficult. I mean, they play Clemson and USC and a bunch of rum-dums other than that. But um, so they'll probably end up – nine and three or 10 and two, whatever. But are they going to beat Clemson playing like that? I don't think so. I mean, I don't know. I thought maybe they'd have a chance at home, but you know, if Clemson's all they're cracked up to be after a bad year last year, then, you know, they'll go in there and beat them by, you know, 10, 12 points probably. But uh, my call. Awesome. Tommy Eichenberg. I mean, what? Yes. How far has he come? Steel chambers made plays all over the field. Zach Harrison, somebody lit a fire under him at one point. He made a couple back-to-back -back plays. So, you know, 
I'm a little suspect on this whole Jack Sawyer thing. Like, okay, we're going to take you off the edge. You're no longer a rush defensive end. We're going to move you around. We're going to do all this stuff with you. And we expect you to know what the defensive coordinator knows so that we put you wherever we're going to put you and you make the proper read and go make the play. I don't know. I was not – I didn't see him make a lot of plays. Maybe he was disruptive, but uh, to me, he's got more ability to help the defense than to be some kind of hybrid and move a guy around and try and jerk the offensive round type guy. I think uh, to me, I would like maybe him to master the go get the quarterback first and then play some football before they throw him out there and say, okay, you're supposed to understand football. Well, he's never really played a lot of football at this level. So maybe, I don't know, just my thought just on one game of that experiment, but man, Different looks. They showed him a lot of different stuff. I thought McAllister had some good moments, although I think he got beat for a pass. Uh, man, Denzel Burke, man. Uh, I don't know, back to the drawing board a little bit with him. He uh, he had a couple that were a little iffy tonight, but uh, everybody was talking him up like he was taking the next step to be an all-Big Ten guy, and, and I didn't really see that tonight. But, um, you know, again, maybe, maybe I'm off base. But uh, – you have to look a long way to find something negative about this defense tonight. They did give up three or four big plays, but when the money was on the line, the money down, you know, Michael Mayer converted a few. We knew he was going to. He's a great tight end. Um, I don't know. I'm just uh, outstanding, outstanding from where they were last year. Proviso, this is a long – I'm not going to – it was a long story. I'm not going to say it. Class A reserve team offense. Let's just say that. So, let's – you know, let's tap the brakes a little bit. This wasn't exactly, uh, you know, San Diego State in 1985 scoring 77 points a game. So, Were you surprised at how well um, Mayan Williams played? I'm, I, I've been very high on Mayan Williams, but I, I didn't expect this. I mean, he looked like – and I love Travion Henderson. Mayan, he didn't look like the better back. Mayan was the better back tonight. And they put him in the game. Well. Mayan played – go ahead, go ahead. He was like sitting over there – third series they finally put him in the game and he's like i'm taking guys with me i'm taking guys with me i'm bouncing off guys and i'm taking guys with me he he ran with anger like he reminded me of joe montgomery you remember him back in the late oh, yeah, 90s 33 yeah he ran with some anger at times i mean and you would talk to him and you could see the anger in his eyes he had a lot of rage built up from a tough upbringing in Chicago and uh, which he likened to Beirut, which I'll just tell you the, the, what was going through his mind. I don't know that Mayan Williams had it that bad down in Cincinnati, but Cincinnati really came through big for Ohio state tonight. I think he's one of those guys, no doubt. Uh, but he ran hard. He guys were bouncing off of him. He was falling forward and that drive, that 95 yard drive. I mean, caught a pass in there and uh, probably had 40 yards rushing, if not more, on that, that drop. That was huge. Yeah. It was third down, wasn't it? That was incredible. I think, was. I think it was, yeah. And, I mean, the minutes just started melting off that clock, and Notre Dame fans have got had got to be, like, pulling their hair out. Like, we need the ball back. We need the ball back. Nope. Sorry, guys. Game over. The game over light was flashing. As soon as they punched that in, it was 21 to 10. They weren't coming back from that. All right, anything else from the press conference that we need to know about? We had Patrick Murphy on before I let you go. I know you need to get back to work. Um, yeah, no, nothing, nothing, nothing dramatic. I, I mean, 
man, we're posting the videos. You got to see the Stroud video and Xavier Johnson video, and uh, they were remarkable. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, those were the high points. I think Abuka. I asked him, you know, did you expect? I mean, nine catches for ninety yards. I mean, he was arguably the offensive player of the game, other than maybe Mayan Williams. So, um, I don't know. I, I I'm intrigued by what I saw. And uh, as Day said, we, we wanted to be known as more than just a talented team. We wanted to be known as a tough team. Well, the toughness wore through tonight. And they, they beat down a good Notre Dame team. Time will tell whether or not it's a great Notre Dame team. But, you know, for one day, like where Ohio State's at. Well, Steve, I like where you're at, Ohio Stadium. Thank you very much, my friend. Appreciate this was a red-letter day, Dave. I've, I've, I barked my car at 8.30 this morning. We went back home because I wanted to get a good spot for tailgating and came back and we had probably 50 people come through our tailgate and just stood there and laughed and watched football, not particularly good football with uh, you, <laughs> what that Oregon game, good Lord. Uh, and some of the other shenanigans, NC state, North Carolina, both wriggled off the hook somehow. And uh, yeah, it was uh, Iowa. I didn't watch one play of that game, but I understand they won seven to three with a field goal and two safeties. That's exactly right. It Against like an FCS team, an it's FCS the, team, the most uh, the most deceiving seven to three score in football history. They scored seven points with two safeties and a field goal. Iowa, yeah. man. Oh, uh, Iowa against yeah against an FCS school. A good, I mean, South Dakota State is a good FCS, but still Iowa, man. Two safeties. That's part of being one and zero, Dave. Is a chance to be two and zero. So. Right. We'll see that next week, Arkansas State. The last I saw, they were up on Grambling, 51-3. So, get ready for the Red Wolves. And Brian uh, Sneed, is Brian Sneed one of the Brian Sneed, Brian yeah. Sneed. You got, uh, you know. He'll Butch be running Jones, angry next week. Former, former Tennessee legend Butch Jones is their head coach. And, wow. Uh, hey, by the way, one more thing about tonight's game. What an O to Jim Trestle and the 2002 oh, team. Winning this game 21-10. to did this not feel like trestle ball? Trestle right ball. down to the point where the Notre Dame's head coach was a player for Jim Trestle. Marcus like, nearly won the game with trestle ball too. Marcus, I mean, oh, was Marcus like, was Marcus punted from the thirty-six. Dave punted from the forty. Yeah, in the first half, and I'm like three at the forty-yard line with the high. And I'm like, what are you doing punting from the forty? Marcus is like, I'm gonna up your ante on the trestle ball. I'm gonna punt from the thirty-six. Damn it! I um, see your forty, and I raise you thirty-six. Yeah. So, um, whatever. Hey, you beat Notre Dame. It's a good win. I, don't, I know they didn't cover. It's not like they won on a last-second field goal. They went 21-10, and they dominated in the second half. I'll take yep. it. All right. No so, all right. Guys, Have a good one, everybody. Me. All right, my friend. Thank you. It was Steve Hellwagon. All right. Man, we're going on nearly an hour and a half. Time flies when you're having fun, my friends. It does not feel like an hour and a half. Thank you to the guests so far. <laughs> They'll be the only guests. Bill Curley, Patrick Murphy, Steve Hellwagon. I appreciate those guys for hopping on, uh, especially at this late hour. We're now into the morning. Good morning, Bucknutters. Um, <laughs> thank you to everybody who's uh, been hopping on here. We got a lot of people uh, in here. Wow, look at all these people in here. Love it. Um, your lack of likes is disturbing, Buckeye fans. Oh, everybody's. Everybody's watching the show right now. They can do the likes later. Or you can watch the show and, and, and hit up a like. That's fine as well. Uh, or subscribe. All that good stuff. Give us a five-star review. You guys know when I give my uh, shameless plugs. Um, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, Paul Pitcock, again, from a Facebook, absolutely was yelling like crazy at day for punting at the Notre Dame 40. I, I don't – that's a, not a, a Ryan Day thing. It goes against the analytics big time. It was fourth and three. Fourth and three from your opponent's 40. You need to be going for it. And thank God it, it wasn't a touchback. I would have lost my mind if they would have punted from the 40 and it would have been a 20-yard net. Like, at least they downed it, like, at the six. So it wasn't that bad. But, like, you got to go for it there. And then Marcus Freeman's punting from the 36. It's like, they were just going full trestle ball. Hey, it worked. It worked. Did Chris Gamble make it tonight? I don't think so. Chris is very private. Yeah, as, as you mentioned, Mike Doss says he's, he's gone incognito. Chris has always been like that. I wouldn't worry about it. I mean, his son is on Twitter. His son plays. And Chris, his son lives with Chris and his wife. Like, Chris is just a very private guy. Has more money than he knows what to do with. Not only was he a first round pick by the Panthers, but signed that second contract too, where he really got his money. So Chris made millions and millions and millions of dollars in the NFL. And as I say, he's a private dude. He's from South Florida. And he's just, to my understanding, has a place down there somewhere near Fort Lauderdale. And um, yeah, so I don't think Chris Gamble made it tonight, but, um, you know, Mike Doss obviously was there and like you know, Jim Tressel and Maurice Claret and. All those guys. It's just, I still, I love that. We all do that 2002 team. There's just something special about those guys. Um, I mean, every national, I mean, obviously there's something special about the 2014 team too. It's nothing, we're not going to, we're not going to pick sides, but um, as Jim Trestle said himself, that kind of got, you know, things rolling this century for the Buckeyes. Not hasn't been the same since, since Jim Trestle took over in 2001, what Ohio State is what, like 18 and three against Michigan. They've won two national championships. Yeah. That 2002 team got it going. All right. Um, do I think Josh Proctor has lost his starting spot? That's a good question. Um, if he has, and he's on the thinnest of ice you could imagine, because not only did Lathan Ransom come in there and play the rest of the game, Lathan Ransom played his ass off. So, man, I, that's not what I expected out of Proctor, the way they were talking him up all offseason, him being a fifth-year senior, the way, you know, everybody was talking about him. But they were also talking about Lathan Ransom. So, listen, to answer your question, I don't know if he's lost it right now, but if I had to bet when the Michigan game comes around, if both those guys are healthy, who's going to be your starter? Lathan Ransom. I mean, I know it's one game, but, man, that spoke volumes to me. They gave Proctor one series, one play, really, and I was like, no, get the hell out of here, and then they put Ransom in there, and then he balled out. Um. <laughs> KMW has jokes. Dave, did Foskey play for Notre Dame tonight? Yeah, he was out there. He was out there. He was out there. <laughs> I see you clowning a little bit. We have John on Facebook saying Josh Proctor will be okay. Okay. Maybe he will. I don't know. He's not going to be okay if Latham Ransom takes a spot and, and keeps balling out. Bucknuts 88 talking about Donnie Nicky, one of the captains on that 2002 team. That's right. Him and Mike Doss were the two. They had two captains. They were the two safeties, the two senior safeties, Mike Doss and Donnie Nicky. They didn't even have an offensive captain. Craig Krenzel kind of was sometimes. Kind of if they had a third captain, they put that Krenzel out there. But he wasn't a full-time captain. They really only had two captains on that 2002 team. Two senior safeties. Um, <laughs> somebody took that seriously. Yeah, Foskey was in there. It was a joke. He was joking, saying Foskey didn't do anything. That was the joke. Okay. Okay, I like the classy comment here. I like this. Steven saying good luck to Freeman and the Irish rest of the year. I agree with that. 
first of all, hats off to them. I thought they came in with a great defensive game plan. Their offense is extremely limited, yet they were able to hit some of those, you know, we can call them lucky plays, whatever, um, before Knowles just shut them down. They couldn't throw the ball down the field at all, other than that juggling catch or whatever. But um, good luck. I agree. I'm going to be rooting for Notre Dame the rest of the year. I don't hate, I don't hate Marcus Freeman. You guys don't hate Marcus Freeman, do you? We all rooted against him tonight if you're a Buckeye fan, but I don't hate Marcus Freeman at all. I love covering him. He's a classy guy from a classy family. Like, And now for Ohio State's strength of schedule, why not root for Notre Dame? You don't want Notre Dame to be like 6-6. Six to six. So, whatever. Yeah, Notre Dame is tougher than we thought. I agree. Now, this quarterback's extremely limited, and now there's film on him. People are going to know what to do. That Listen, don't let him run. Don't let him do the short passing game. And what are they going to do? They can't throw the ball down the field. That's the problem with Notre Dame. They can't throw the ball down the field. So, I don't know. Oh, I like this. Should Trestle have dotted the I? I I'm biased. Yes. And for people that say, well, don't you have to be in the band to do it? or this? No. I was at an Ohio State game where Buster Douglas dotted the I. And it wasn't like an alumni band. It was a real thing. It was, you know. The summer, or excuse me, the fall after he beat Mike Tyson to win the, the heavyweight championship, Buster Douglas didn't go to Ohio State. He's from Columbus. He dotted the I. I would have liked that. Jim Trussell dotting the I. I like that. Yeah. Jesse Murko did have a good night. I thought Jesse Murko was okay last year as a true freshman, whereas Cam Johnston, the last Aussie punter they brought in here, was fantastic from his freshman year on. Jesse Murko was okay last year. I thought Jesse Murko was really good tonight. I agree with that. Last night. That's this morning. Um, we'll wrap up here pretty soon. Um, yeah, we had Bill Kerlick on earlier. If you haven't, uh, so Bill came on about 20 minutes into the show. Make sure you go back if you haven't listened to, to that part of the show. If you want to know about recruiting, about 20 minutes in, we had Bill Kerlick hop on and give you the latest on all of that. Um, so, yeah, I know some people are salty at Marcus Freeman. James on uh, YouTube says he doesn't like some of the things that Freeman said. Um I get, I get it, but like, I mean, he's now the head coach at Notre Dame. He's got a bit. I still think he's deep, deep down very proud of his days at Ohio State. He's just, he did put his foot in his mouth a couple times, though. There's no doubt he needed to say, finally, I made the right decision. He could have said nice things about Notre Dame without saying stuff like that. I get it. And I think he realizes that. Um, rookie head coach, still a very young guy, but I'm telling you, Jane, uh, I'm just calling him James Franklin. Marcus Freeman's a great man. He's a great man. He really is. Great man. Hell of a player for the Buckeyes, too. I mean, he wasn't like, you know, fantastic player, but like, you know, he's a fifth round pick, but he was a, I, I called him a hell of a player. He was a, he was a good starting player for Ohio State for three years, a good starting player uh, for the Buckeyes. Was a starter on two national championships, semi or finalist teams, two runner up teams. Um, Marcus Freeman was a good player and uh, he's a hell of a man, too. So I'll, I'll be rooting for him. I, I, I uh, I forgive him for some of the things that he said. Yep, Jack Nicholas doubted the eye. Well, Jack did go to Ohio State. He didn't graduate from Ohio State, but he did go to Ohio State. Um, <laughs> there's a comment that's just, Mayan Williams with exclamation marks. Yeah, I, I get that. That's exactly right. Um, and there's been others, too. It's not. It hasn't just been Jack Nicholas and Buster Douglas. There have been others. I, I think Jim Trestle doubting the eye would have been a great idea tonight for that 2002 national championship team. Although the sousaphone player who got to dot the eyes probably like, shut up. I, I, this is my dream come true. So good for him. But it, it would have been nice if, um, would have been nice if Jim Trussell would have been able to, to get a chance to do that. 
Brian says he hopes Notre Dame runs the table and makes it to the playoffs. And then Ohio State's the one seed, Notre Dame's the fourth seed, and they get a rematch and Ohio State beats them. I like it. All right, there we go. Well, there we go. I was joking a little bit earlier, even though not really joking all the way because Dennis on YouTube says Mike Hall is the next Aaron Donald. He does have some Aaron Donald in his game. If he's half as good as that, we'll be thrilled. If he's anywhere near as good as Aaron Donald, he looks really, really good. I, I don't want to put that on him. Aaron Donald's a pro football Hall of Famer eventually, unfortunately for my Bengals, right? But um, seriously, Mike Hall looks fantastic. He looks fantastic. Um, yeah. Mayan Williams set the toughness tone, says John on Facebook. I agree with that. Mayan Williams came in there. He was tough to tackle. Um, the great running backs, as we all know, what do they do? Most often than not, they make the first man miss and they fall forward. At least those two things. The great running backs always, not always, most of the time make the first man miss. And then even as they're getting tackled, they're falling forward. The great running backs make the first man miss. They fall forward even as they're getting tackled. And they do other great things too. Like sometimes they'll make the second and third and fourth man miss. Um, sometimes they're not just falling forward when they're getting tackled because they're not getting tackled or scoring touchdowns. Um, but you know what I mean? The great running backs have that in common. All of them do. All of them make the first man miss more often than not fall forward almost all the time when you're getting tackled. You're not getting knocked back. You're falling forward. Love what I saw to Mayan Williams. He was the best running back on the field tonight. Period. How about Xavier Johnson? As Patrick Murphy said, I was wondering why didn't why they kind of keep it under wraps that Xavier Johnson was on scholarship. Well, they did it right before the Oregon game last year, and he didn't want it to be a big deal because he didn't want it to be about him. And then they lost, and then they didn't want to make a big deal after that because they just lost the game, and then it kind of just got lost in the shuffle. But thank God that kid's on scholarship. I'm telling you, we saw what he did at wide receiver. Every time we're out of practice, as you guys know, if you've watched Bucknuts Morning 5 or listened to it, I've talked about it. Every time we're out of practice, that kid makes plays. Xavier Johnson, fifth-year senior, former walk-on from Cincinnati. And for those that forget, you see what he's doing at wide receiver now? Early, earlier in his career at Ohio State, he played running back on the scout team. He played corner for a full season. He did whatever the coaches needed. It's easy to see why they love him, right? And now he's not just a guy that's like, oh, he's paid his dues. Let's throw him out there and throw him a bone. No, this kid is a player. Now, is he a superstar? He's No, he's not a, he's not a superstar. They need JSN back to be what they need to be. But I'm telling you, Jay, you know, Xavier Johnson, this is not some like, oh, or, you know, former walk-on feel-good story who he can't really play that well, but we're going to throw him a bone. Uh-uh, this kid is, is legit. They've got true freshmen that they could throw out there that, you know, could hold their own, like Keon Grays and other guys. Um, Xavier Johnson is a good player. He is a legit Ohio State wide receiver. Again, he's not a superstar, but he is a good player, as we've all seen. Um, so, absolutely love it. Yeah, there's like some a lot of, of Dewan Jones comments. Dewan Jones has to stop the penalties. Yeah, he had three penalties. He got beat on a sack. He's got to play much better. And he's a senior. I keep saying this. He's a senior. You can't do that when you're a senior. Um, um, now, he did. Jonathan does get, you know, has his back here. Dewan Jones did have his share of pancakes. Listen, Dewan Jones is fun to watch as a run blocker when he gets his hands on the defender. It's like it's over. Forget about it. I don't care who it is. He just will just he will, he will just destroy you. But three penalties as a senior? No. You've got to be better. You, you can't let your quarterback get killed like that. And there are other times that he didn't give up a sack where he still got beat, but I agree. Dewan Jones can be a dominant run blocker at times, and it's fun to watch. But a lot of questions about Tanner McAllister. Yeah, he played. He didn't. 
he didn't make any big plays, but he was out there. A lot of people are wondering. He was the slot um, corner. But keep in mind, I mean, Notre Dame, like, they're running a lot of power looks out there. So, you know, I mean, Lathan Ransom showed up a lot to me tonight. And uh, we've been talking a lot about Ronnie Hickman. I thought he was solid. But Ransom was the second. Uh, Ransom was the third best player on defense. I'm going to go Mike Hall, Tommy Eichenberg, Lathan Ransom. And as well as Ransom played to call him the third best player, you know, Mike Hall and Tommy Eichenberg played really well. I mean, my goodness gracious. Yeah, I, I yeah. We have a question. Talk about the adjustments they made. I'm going to go back and watch the game. Um, I'm looking, I want to see specifics on that, but we knew, and this is, I love that this has now come to fruition. This isn't just us talking about it. Jim Knowles, everything that I was told about him that, that we were going to love was what, um, he mixes things up. Well, um, he disguises things. He, he confuses the opposing quarterback. You're going to get a lot of tackles for loss and sacks. He's aggressive. You're going to get up some big plays here and there. And, and then the other thing, what are you going to love about him? In-game adjustments, in-game adjustments. And we saw that. And I don't want to sit here and talk out of my rear end and tell you, tell you exactly what those adjustments were. I'm going to go back and watch the game. I'm going to have my written what we learned. But there were definitely great adjustments because Ohio State – and by the way, even in the first half, other than that 50-yard play, which is kind of lucky, the first play because they almost got a sack, and then Proctor just whipped on a tackle to let him go for 50 yards. And he had the, the penalty tacked on on top of that. Even after that in the first half, the defense was actually pretty good. And then the defense just locked him down in the second half. So – I agree. I don't, I don't know specifically what adjustments Knowles made. Basically, but without watching it, I think what he said was, we already knew you couldn't throw the ball down the field. Now we're, we're even going to sell out even more. There's no way you're going to do the quarterback run. Not that they were effective with that really much anyway, even early. Uh, you're not going to do these little short dink and dunk passes anymore. We're going to make you throw the ball down the field, and you're not going to have much time to do it, by the way, either, because we're going to be in your face before long. So I'm guessing that was the adjustment was just like enhancing what they were already doing. Like, they – probably going in didn't think that this kid could beat them throwing the ball down the field, that he was just going to dink and dunk, and they were going to try and run the ball, including the QB run. The Buckeyes shut him down. Love seeing the silver bullets back. The silver bullets are back. We knew early in 2019 the 2018 defense was awful. We knew right away in 2019 under Halfley, the way they were flying around, that they were back, that the Ohio State's defense was back. We know Ohio State's defense is back, period. I, I, I don't even need a second game. I know they're back. I, I, I saw what I needed to see, the way that they're flying around. That is a Ohio State silver bullet defense. I love it. All right. Well, hey, I appreciate you guys joining me. Went a little later than what I meant to. Um, really, really appreciate you guys joining me on this show, uh, this marathon version. Uh, first one of the season, what we learned live, Ohio State 21, Notre Dame 10, Buckeyes 1-0. and um, I will do a written version of what we learned for the site on Monday. Again, thank you very much for joining me. Hope everyone has a great rest of their Saturday night slash Sunday morning and a great Sunday and a great Labor Day weekend overall. Um, good win for the Buckeyes tonight. Don't get it twisted. This was a good win over a Notre Dame team that came ready to play. Was it a blowout? No. The Buckeyes cover? No. This was a good win. When we look back on it, this will be a good win. That's what it's all about, and I love what I saw on this defense. And this offense will be elite. You're not going to be worried about a Ryan Day offense, are you? I'm not. As long as Jackson Smith and Jigba is healthy, and it sounds like from the press conference that he is, he's going to be okay. This offense will be elite. Give Notre Dame credit for a good defensive scheme. And then the Buckeyes dominated in the second half, took care of business. Ohio State 21, Notre Dame 10. I'm Dave Biddle. This has been What We Learned Live. Thank you very much for joining me. Hope everyone has a great rest of their holiday weekend. Thanks again. 
CBS Tonight, TV's hottest show is Fire Country. I'm not a hero. I'm in orange for a reason. They're taking 12 months off your sentence. You're free. Lady. With a special epic season finale. Now that I'm out, I need something to get me up in the morning. You are a firefighter. Used to be. That will be unforgettable. In the name of your life's happiness, go get your girl. She's getting married tomorrow. It says, when do you let anything get in the way of what you want? The Fire Country season finale tonight, 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.